Yeah, welcome in. I just started the uh, uh, the Anchor version, the Spotify version of the podcast, but welcome in, everyone. We are streaming live on YouTube for MJ Monday, number five. I'm excited for this one, Pat. I am, too. You know, this really cultivated the whole, I mean, this is really talking about the last dance. You know, this really focuses on the ending of the 97 season going into the final season with Phil Jackson. So it was a very, very interesting ending, and I love the way that it finished out. Should I play the Bulls starting lineup just because it's MJ Monday? Go ahead. All right. We're, we're going to do our normal intro. But first, of course, there's a YouTube ad on my phone. But So uh, thank you all for uh, coming on the stream. We got, we got a great episode as I keep standing up and <laughs> knocking my head out of the, the shot. But, uh, you know, uh, anything you want to start before uh, – uh, here, here, here comes our intro. Oh, show it to you. As best as we can. Yeah, we're we're not we're not professional enough to have this in our live stream already, so we're just gonna play it from my phone. Scotty Pippen's only six seven. Six seven. I thought he was like six eight. Yeah, I mean that's one and draw. He wasn't crazy tall. Dennis Rodman. Best player on the team. <laughs> He's the GOAT. Dennis Rodman is the GOAT. <laughs> Luke Longley. Uh, who do you think was better, Luke Longley or Bill Cartwright? Hmm. I would say Bill Cartwright. I, I would agree with you, that, you know. I'd say Ron Harper. Who was better, Ron all right, we're going to let Jordan go. Yeah. All right. Now we can get uh, – but before that, who do you think is about Ron Harper or John Paxson? Ron Harper. I mean, yeah, yeah, Ron Harper, you did have a great career. I would with... say John Paxson or Steve Kerr would be the debate there. Yeah, Steve Kerr was kind of – John Paxson or Steve Kerr, and then BJ versus Ron Harper. Yeah, that's what I would say. Yeah, I mean, all right, uh – I'm gonna move the this a little closer to us. See us a little better. So uh Pat, uh do you wanna get us started on this uh this final MJ Monday? I will. So kicking off this episode, it starts right into the I mean coming up late, I mean MJ said that other than the Pistons, their biggest rivals in the East during the dynasty was the Pacers, and they start off in the, I believe it was the 97 and the 98. It was the 98 Eastern Conference Finals where they played the Pacers. I mean, this team had Reggie Muller, Reggie Miller, <laughs> Reggie Miller, Chris Mullen, Larry Bird was the coach. I mean, uh, you had Jalen Rose, yeah, the Jaylen Michigan Rose. stud, the, the Davis brothers. The Davis brothers. Oh, Rick Smith's. He was an all-star in 98, wasn't he? Yeah, Rick Smith. You know, this Pacers team was really peaking, and this was really their prime and their opportunity. They, I mean, Reggie said, we really thought that we were the better team, but I mean the playoff success, which we'll talk about later on. I mean, came down to the Bulls. So this series was about the Bulls and the Pacers, and this was kind of a late blooming rivalry in the Bulls dynasty. And you know, coming into this series, I mean, MJ being the hothead that he was. Um, you want to talk about the relationship between Reggie Miller and Michael Jordan? I mean. It was a, I mean, it was a really strong relationship for rivals. I mean, Reggie and uh, 
Jordan, because Reggie uh, thought Jordan was like, he knew he was the GOAT back when he was playing back then. I mean, yeah. he wouldn't call him by his first name. You need to call him Jordan, Air Jordan, or the Black Cat. Mm-hmm. Like, that just shows the respect he had for him. Or Black Jesus. Black Jesus, yeah. And now that goes to the Larry Bird quote back in, uh, what was it, 88 that he put up 61? Yeah. Against the Celtics in the first round. I think it was 89, actually. Yeah, it was one of those years, but he said that that wasn't Michael Jordan on the court. That was Jesus dis- disguised as Michael Jordan on the court. Yes. So, you know, just the rivalry between them. I mean, Reggie Allen, um, not too, like, undervalued. Black Jesus, they call him, black, call him the black cat of MJ. You know, don't call him Michael Jordan because you disrespect him. He's going to throw, he's going to give you something else. And he knew that coming in the series. But, um, no doubt about that. Yeah. Um, let's talk about what should we shift to next? Uh, what do you want to talk about? Do you want to talk about that series, that, that yeah. 1998 Eastern Conference Finals? Sure, let's go ahead. So, game one. I believe the Bulls, yeah, the Bulls won game one, and they won it pretty much um, going away. And the Bulls won the first two games. And then the series really started to get interesting as it shifted over to Indiana, you know, um, and the Pacers took game three. And then game four, let's talk about that whole sequence. So uh, yeah. I believe it was, yeah. Yeah, Reggie, they the Pacers have the ball with about five seconds left. They inbound the ball, stolen pass by Pippen. And then Pippen goes over two at the line. Yeah, how 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 are you a Hall of Famer and not make two free throws? Especially when it's your sixth finals, fifth or sixth finals. I mean, Eastern Conference Finals, and you've been to six finals. Like you got to be able to knock five down finals least, at that time. Yeah, five finals at that time. You got to be able to make at least. You're one in the Hall shot. of Fame for God's sake. You're you're one of, uh, one of the best shooters of all time. Yeah, I know. Like you got to be able to step out and pressure them and make those shots, which he did not. But um, anyway. Coming down the stretch, they had the ball with about 2.7 seconds left. Reggie gets the ball. Reggie makes the shot. Larry Bird, I mean, he's completely unfazed. I mean, he just keeps a straight face because he knows that the game's never over when you got Michael Jordan in the face. And, you know, with 0.7 seconds left, you know, the Pacers still win. You know, the Bulls get the ball. Jordan barely misses the shot. I mean, it was millimeters, as you said, from going in. Yeah, because Reggie Miller was under the basket. He was saying how he thought that ball was in. And, like, what's insane is that when Reggie made that shot, there's 0.7 left on the clock. The whole Market Square Arena in Indianapolis was going crazy. Like, they were going insane. They were going insane. Except for Larry Bird, because he knew <laughs> if there's time on that clock and Jordan's got the ball, he will make that shot. I mean, as we know, he didn't, but it just barely missed. Yeah, it just barely missed. And then coming over to Chicago, this is game – no, no, no. This is game five, still in Indianapolis. Yes. And the Bulls win that game, you know, shut down all the so-called bump in the road that MJ discussed with, you know, is this just the end of the dynasty? No, it's just the bump in the road. But it was two games, so he really had to respond this time, and he I mean, did so. In game four of that series, Michael was bleeding from the eye. Yeah. Like he was all patched up. Yeah, that showed the competitor that he was not going to go down without a fight. Yeah, no doubt. And the fact that, like, a bunch of people at that point would just, like, sit the rest of the game out. Uh, but, I mean, given the circumstances, you know he's not going to sit out. I mean, he played a game with the flu, for gosh sakes. I mean, you know that, yeah. Yeah, do you want to switch over that topic? Um, sure. So, right. 
But, yeah, as you know, the Bulls have won that series in seven games. Let's talk about that game seven first, about how – I was going to say. The, yeah, the Pacers were they – were, they had the momentum that whole game until, you know when? It that was jump ball. That jump ball, yeah. Wait, hold on. Because Rick Smiths tipped it to Scottie Pippen, and they double-teamed him. Kerr was wide open for a three-tie game at 77. Yeah, Steve Kerr was really the guy that popped off for them in the big moment. You know, the Pacers, as you said, got off to like a 19-7 lead. And um, from there, the Bulls came back, took about an eight-point lead. And, I mean, all the momentum was shifting to the Pacers and then to the Bulls. But that game was competitive throughout. And then with about four minutes left when uh, the Bulls took about a four-point lead, you knew it was over because as um, Jalen Rose and Reggie Miller and Steve Kerr alluded to, um, it was like a JV ninth-grade team playing an NBA team. I mean, that's just how easily the Bulls were pulling away. Um, it just seems throughout the entire game, that jump ball, as you said, um, really shifted the momentum towards the Bulls. And from there, you knew there was no looking back, and you knew that they were going to make the last season count. And, yeah, it was like one of the only, if not the only, Game 7 they had to face throughout the entire uh, dynasty. But, you know, that's just what the playoff experience pays off, and it did for them right there. Now let's shift over to the 97 season, as you alluded to. Uh, give us some, some insight on that. The 97 season against the Utah Jazz. So, like, yeah, they, they're both uh, – I honestly think what, – what, what, what's your opinion on the 97? Um, I mean, they both – they went 2-2 to start. Yeah. Let's go back before the playoffs, just the regular season. I mean, Carl Malone wins MVP. That and fueled Jordan's that – was, that was fueled the fire for Jordan. Yes, as Jordan said – it didn't piss me off that he won MVP, but it gave me the fire to prove them wrong. Showing the playoffs is where the MVP is made, and that's where the award should be given. And, I mean, we'll talk about later how he proved that. But, yeah, the first two games in Chicago, uh, the Bulls took care of business. And then the second two games, it was a different script. The Jazz um, even the series up. And then game three, the night before the game, um, Jordan's getting hungry, but there's no room service. So he he and his agent, they order a pizza from one pizza place in Salt Lake City. Five guys came to uh five guys came to deliver the pizza. And once they knew that five guys had come, something he knew was up. Tim he, Grover, his trainer. Yes, Tim McGrover, he knew something was wrong. And as soon as he ate the pizza, I mean no one else had it. It was just Michael. And then at like two thirty in the morning, he was just I mean, it was Puke after puke after puke. I mean, it was just nonstop. And then it carried on throughout the rest of the day. Didn't even go to shoot around. Didn't go to morning practice. But he came and still played. And how many points did he put up? Like 30-something? 38, I think, I believe. That's impressive even with that. That's impressive at 110%. Yeah, I know. I mean, only the greats can pull that off. I mean, he really showed that even in being sick, he's still the best player in the game. And even after the game and the press conference, Jerry Salone, the jazz coach, was just like... Former oh, Bull, actually. Yeah, former Bull. They asked, the press asked him, what do you think of MJ playing sick? And he was like, I didn't even know he had the flu. And he still thought he had an amazing game. <laughs> so like, Was I the last one to know? Did you guys all know about it? <laughs> Uh, do you want to uh, build on that? Do you want to talk about uh, Byron Russell and his situation with MJ? Um, like his uh, how when he was a rookie, talking about uh, how he thought he could guard Jordan, yeah, Stockton Malone. You know, coming with 
about guarding MJ. You know, he always thought that he could. You know, um, Stockton and Malone thought that. You know, they knew that it was going to be a tough test for Stockton and um, Byron Russell was up for the challenge, definitely. But you know, he said that there's no other player that can guard that. You know what? He's just the best player in the game. You know, like it's going to be impossible to stop him. And just like if you think you can, if you think there's a chance, it's not going to happen. So he took that as a challenge, but at the same time, I mean, there's no one who could stop him. So you want to build on that? Oh, uh, what were you saying? About Byron Russell. Oh, so Byron Russell, when Jordan was a uh, first retirement, when he went to play baseball, Byron was a rookie, and he when Jordan was hanging around with some of the league guys. Uh, he said, uh, man, why did you got to retire? I, I, I could have took you one-on-one, like just guarded you. Mm-hmm. And then Jordan said, all right, Byron, he's on my list. And you don't want to be on Jordan's list. No, you do not want to be on Jordan's list. So, you know, if you're going to challenge him at anything, I mean, it can be bowling. It can be any sport. <laughs> Gambling. Gambling. Golf. You, you, you know that you're going to be in for a test whatever the situation be, because you, as you said, you don't want to be on Jordan's list. And as Byron said, um, and I bet that I wouldn't say he regrets challenging him, but he definitely maybe thought himself a little bit more of a fool afterwards, given that, you know, there's just nothing that's going to hold him back. Yeah. What do we want to talk about next? Um, let's see. So we talked about Utah, Indiana, um, the reaction, the MVP. Let's talk about Dennis Rodman and WrestleMania. Yes. So this is after Game Three of the Eastern Conference Finals. No, it was was it the NBA Finals? Or yeah. Eastern? NBA. Yeah, she the NBA practice. Finals. Yes, that's right. I remember now. He leaves for Detroit to go for Hulk Hogan and go into WrestleMania and pursue a wrestling career. And the team, there's no word of him, no communication. He's just gone missing. So they need to try to track him down. Yeah, that's right. Eat my cookie right now. I'm getting a little chilly outside Studio Seven Forty Four. Yes, that's why I'm wearing long sleeves today. Ah, smart, smart. See, Pat's a pro there when it comes to close choice. So, uh, talk about Robin. And what I like, what I thought was funnier, um, is that when Robin came back for practice the next day. There's a bunch of media waiting for him, and they had to sneak him out of the fan gate, like the gate three where the fans walk in for the game. They had to sneak him out the fan entrance, not because the media was guarding the player exit, mm-hmm. which I thought that was funny. And they had a truck ready for him. I know. It was just as if, like, they were making this big deal out of Rodman's return because they didn't know he was going to come back. And the fact that they had, like, a special exit for him, I thought that was kind of a little bit strange, but, I mean – I mean, it's Dennis Rodman, so, I mean, he's the GOAT. What do you so, I yeah. think Dennis Rodman's the GOAT. <laughs> yeah, you think he's the GOAT. So, um, you know, it was good to see him come back, and especially after not knowing where he was for a while. Um, let's shift over to Steve Kerr and sort of his basketball journey. So, starting in high school, you know, as he said, like, he didn't really – he wasn't getting many offers, so it was like he had a really hard struggle for recognition and success uh, early on as a um, kid. And 
his father would say, like, like he always kept him really motivated. Like, I don't want you – like, no TV during the week. Um, just focus on whatever will make you the best in, like, sports. Or- hey, Pat, let's try to get the connection, but let's walk over here. You want to hold the mic? Yeah. And keep, keep talking about Steve Kerr. But, yeah, his father really tried to motivate him and set him up the best he can by having restrictions to make him mentally tougher. And eventually, as he improved his basketball game, he was starting to get some offers from different colleges. And, I mean, the way that he played on the roles on the championship teams, that transpired from all the work that he put in. And especially in the series against the Pacers, I mean, that's really what where he showed through as a player. And then the shot against the Jazz to win the game, uh, the championship. Stay right there. Oh, connection's still unstable. Here's Stan. Back off. Back, uh, back over here, right there. Maybe, uh, no, I'm still back. Connection. Uh, well, uh, we're having problems with the live stream for, uh, the podcast listeners who will be listening to this, uh, after, uh, Tonight, tomorrow, who knows? But yeah, Steve Kerr, uh, his yeah has some uh, his dad, uh, dad in like the same fashion as uh, Jordan's dad, and they never talked about it. Yeah, uh, he was. Uh, do you know what country he was in? Uh, Where he Chris, was a professor of Chris' father. Uh, um. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like I remember. Um. Lebanon. 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 That's what it was. Yeah, he was the. The American University there. Yes. He was, like, the president of, and uh, two uh, people disguised as students uh, were shot. Uh, or shot him. Yeah. That's what I was saying. And uh, Steve was uh, in Arizona at the time, and it was 3.30 a.m. when he got the call to his dorm. Come on. All right, uh, Pat, uh... And then I feel like that, uh, and then he said during the National Anthem, he would think about him. And, like, it really helped his game take him to the next level. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the death of um, what his father had gone through, you know, that really just stuck in his head throughout every game. And, you know, he's playing the game for him and for what he did for him. So I think that Steve could really helped grow as a player through his experiences that he had um, – in his family life, and that really transpired to how hard he would play every game he put on in a Bulls uniform. Yeah, no, not about it. Um, do you want to talk about that 98 finals now? Yes. So this is the last series that the Bulls would play as a team together. And coming in, I mean, it was the Jazz again, and they were hungrier than ever. I mean, this Jazz team was better than the one coming back with Malone and Stockton and um, just the whole team. And they definitely came, the whole city of Salt Lake City was hungry for the championship because they knew that they had to get the redemption or else, you know, that's the last chance they're going to get at the Bulls ever. And that's the last finals they would get to. So um, it was a last run for both teams. And coming in, I mean, Utah came in rolling, winning game one, but then the Bulls responded by winning the next three. And then... This is game five back in Chicago, um, Utah. I mean, the Bulls think that they have it all wrapped up, but Utah comes back and makes a statement, wins game five, puts the series at 3-2, and they say, like, they can hold on all the confetti, all the all the messages, all the last dance. You know, this is 
uh, the series has to go back to Utah. And this is game six. Utah had the lead for most of the game, about like four minutes left. Utah had like – no, 40 seconds left. Utah had about a three-point lead. But Jordan just finds an opportunity to cut it down to one, and then they get the ball back with about 10 seconds left. And Jordan makes an iconic jump shot to give them the lead with about one second left. And then coming down the stretch, um, Utah misses a shot by Stockton, and they the buzzer goes out with Jordan just an extreme exhaustion, knowing that it was their second three-peat, sixth championship, and that's the end of the dynasty. Yeah, and let's talk about Scottie Pippen's uh, back issues during that series. I mean, he would have to come out for – he would have to go to the locker room for five minutes. Well, uh, to, like, get his uh, – get, like, they put heat on it to just mobilize his back and then go back out for five minutes. Yeah, I think, I think that they really um, found a way to keep Scotty in good condition with the five-minute rotations and playing because, um, you know, that they needed him to play because the way the Jazz were playing, there's no way that just – Michael could do it by himself, and Scotty being the the Robin that he is to Jordan's Batman, um, he was going to go out and compete no matter what it took, and that's ultimately what it took. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, especially it's the finals are on the line. Like, and uh, I don't remember who said it, but uh, well, I think it was Steve Kerr. Jordan's shot with six point two left that he made up. He said when he took that shot, like. All the energy in the arena was sucked out. Yeah, no doubt. Um, they knew that – Utah knew that if that shot doesn't go in, uh, they most likely win game six and come back in game seven. It's just – I mean, they said it before. Almost no one has won a game seven on the road in the finals. So um, it would be a near impossible feat to conquer. And so if there's a time for Especially with respond, how rowdy those Jazz fans were. Yeah, no doubt. They had some of the best fans in the league that year in that series. And, you know, if there's a time for them to turn it on, it was now. They delivered, and they got to celebrate their second three-peat. And thanks to the tremendous coaching job by Phil Jackson, but they knew and he knew it was the end. And um, that's how it ended. Well, it was only the end because of how terrible the relationship with, with Jerry Krause was. That's the only reason it was so bad. But uh, yeah, let's talk about um after the championship and what Jerry Reinsdorf. Honestly, like that deconstruction. Yeah, just what Jerry Reinsdorf tells Phil after that season. Uh, Jerry Reinsdorf told Phil, uh, "You can come back," but he. I think Phil would have only came back if Jerry wasn't in the picture. Yeah, I think that he was very. He got humbled by Kraus just wanting to having a plan to build up the team. I mean. They built up the team completely. I mean, they released Rodman, traded traded Pippen, Jordan in his second retirement. Um, they just they knew. I mean, maybe the. Do I think it's possible that they could have won a championship? Yes. It is. Is it completely likely? Likely? I don't know because Phil would have, of course, gone to the Lakers and then had the run that he had with Shaq and Kobe. So I mean, in '99, didn't the, the Spurs won the next year with Tim Duncan? David Robinson, and then his last year's Bruce Bowen, Sean Elliott. Yeah. So, whether was there a chance for them to get another championship? Yes. But, I mean, was they kind of – Was it likely? Yeah. 
I don't know. I think they kind of felt that it was time to break it up because they definitely could have. They could have, but I think that they were just feeling a feeling a rebuild. And Kraus, I mean, I questioned the decision, but that's what Kraus wanted to do, and Phil felt that it was his time was up. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's just a terrible job of Jerry Kraus. I mean, that's why he re- he resigned in two thousand three or two thousand four, and one of those years. Uh, to how bad his uh, rebuild was. Granted, there were some some unlucky situations like Jay Williams' motorcycle crash. I mean, he was supposed to be a really good player, but I mean, the only good pick we really had was Elton Brand. Yeah, and when we had the first pick in the 20, 2008 draft, Derrick Rose, that could have been a great pick. I mean, youngest MVP ever, rookie of the year, all-star, you know. We've just had some very unfortunate picks turn out mm-hmm. when they look good. Well, how many ACLs is he torn? Four? I mean, he, he injured his eye. I mean, he's injured pretty much like every bone that you can fracture. Um, so the Bulls, the Bulls have just had not had a great draft history. They've had like the seventh pick. They haven't really had a top three pick in a while. I mean, really, Kobe White, I mean, he looks like he's going to be decent playing the NBA. I don't, I don't think he's going to – I think his cap is all-star level. I think his cap will be all-star level. Uh, Lowry Markinen is starting to look like a bust. Yeah. I mean, he had a promising uh, rookie year, but he's progressed ever since. He's kind of just a one-trick pony to me. He's a tall guy who can shoot threes. So It's not really useful in this in this day and age in the NBA. No, you got to be able to either be a shooter. You got to be a shooting guard, not necessarily. Like, centers are not supposed to shoot well for you. So, he doesn't really – I mean – well, got to shoot in today's league, but that can't be the only thing that he like, does. I think like the best uh, shooting center in the league would be Anthony Davis. Best shooting center in the league? Um, I haven't really thought about that, but, yeah. Anyway, um, Zach Levine you definitely got to keep. I think I, I think him and Kobe White, some of you guys you keep, and you just throw them away for picks or young guys. I agree. Um, the Jimmy Butler trade I thought was really the ultimate rebuild for the Bulls. Because well, they're gonna have to rebuild again. I mean, they're yeah. always, they're still rebuilding. Yeah, they're still rebuilding. I mean, it's just been a constant struggle ever since the 2012 Derrick Rose injury in the playoffs. It's ever been since a struggle. then, I mean, they kind of started to rebuild when they went and signed Dwayne Wade and Rajon Rondo. Yeah, and you know the pieces that they. I mean, they traded Nikola Miritich. Just he every promising rookie year, but it was a terrible the rest of his career. Yeah, he's kind of just another. I mean, doesn't do that much. He's kind of just like a skill guy, mostly a role player for the most part. So yeah, he had a good rookie year, but outside of that, I mean, this team just—I don't really think they have an identity with um, Paxton and um, you know firing Hoiberg, and I don't really know. Our foreman's gone. Yeah, and then Arturus Corn. I know his first name is Arturus, the new GM. I don't know how to pronounce his last name. It's like Karnasha or something like that. He's a Croatian or Polish Croatian, I believe. And uh, he, he looks to send the Bulls back in a new direction, but it's, it's, it's not looking bright in the future of the Bulls, and neither it is for the Hornets. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Why does it seem like great players or horrible owners or coaches? I mean, I just don't get Isaiah it. Isaiah Thomas. Yeah, Isaiah Thomas. Um, I mean, Larry Bird didn't seem that bad. He got him to the Eastern. No. Did he like, get him to the finals? They made the finals in like 2000, and yes, he was the coach then. So he got them to the finals once. But yeah, MJ has not been a great owner at all. That's why Charlotte's never been a good team. 
Um, and they had Kemba Walker too. Yeah, Kemba Walker. I think that, that's the only good pick he's ever had. I think they have the worst roster in the league today. Um, so yeah, just for the Bulls and the Hornets, things are not going great right now. But we hope that the future will produce some better players for the franchise, and we hope that um, we'll be able to replicate the somewhere new the success that the Jordan Bulls had. Yeah, I mean, as for the Hornets, uh, I mean. <laughs> Because I think we missed uh, an episode of Nintendo. It was, it was a great series. I, 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 I'm seeing ESPN's going to post uh, some more. Uh, just a Lance Armstrong, Bruce Lee, and a 98, 98 uh, home run chase with Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire coming out. But uh, what, document, or what documentary would you like to see? Uh, either Spurs, Lakers, Warriors, Heat... What dynasty do you want to see next? I think I would want to see all those, but the one that I think I would want to be into watching the most would probably be... Um, I'm going to say Kobe Bryant. I would say the Spurs would be the most boring out of all of them, personally. Why? Because Tim Duncan is own personality? Yeah, and um, just... I mean, other di- like the Shaq and Kobe dynasty, I mean, that had personality to it, I feel like. I think, I think they should just make it... Uh, like a last dance for Kobe, so they cover both. And like the Spurs is the only dynasty that doesn't. But the problem with that is, you, since Kobe passed away, you can't have Michael be there like that. Yeah, that's true. But, um, yeah. So Shaq and Co- I'm gonna eliminate Shaq and Kobe and the Spurs because the Spurs doesn't have like a snake. You know, Shaq to the Lakers, LeBron to the Heat, Kevin Durant to the Warriors. So it's between the Heat and the Warriors, and between those, I honestly, I, I would say the Warriors just because I've. Watch no, I would say if you're gonna do that, just do Warriors and Cavs, do both of them because they played each other four times. Yeah, I would do the Warriors and then have it kind of be focused on both the Warriors and the Cavs because it was a four time finals rematch. And I'd love to see one on Kobe, though. Yes, I would love to see one on Kobe. It's just unfortunate that it's gonna be difficult to do, obviously, with him die dead. Um, but yeah, I think that ESPN is gonna create some new great documentaries in this time and um i'm excited to see what they come up with next yeah do we, do we hit all the ups do we hit everything with the episode uh i can't really think of anything else yeah i mean what was your favorite episode of the whole series my favorite episode of the whole series i like to think of it as like pairs so i'm gonna say my favorite pair of episodes was seven and eight oh. or one and two but my favorite singular episode is probably episode seven. Oh, really? All right. My favorite pair probably one and two just because, like, it was the basis. It was, it's, this is what you need to know for this. It was, it had so much intrigue because we hadn't seen Lance live sports since they took, uh, since they, like, took the Big East guys off the court at halftime in uh, the Madison Square Garden during the Big East tournament. Do you, do you recall? I think it was, like, St. John's or something. It was St. John's versus Creighton. I remember I was watching the game during class. And all of a sudden, they canceled it at halftime. So, yeah, it was kind of odd. And then all the other conference centers were getting canceled. Um, yeah, thanks, Rudy Gobert. But, um, yeah, um, it's I'm starving to watch some sports. We had NASCAR yesterday. Yeah, NASCAR, there's some golf on. There's the Korean baseball organization. So we're slowly getting back. But I think that we need to start making bigger steps towards bringing sports back and just – not being afraid to bring everything back because I know America's dying for sports. America's dying for everything. 
Yes, and every everything else. This is honestly this he's uh, lockdown, so I like, like house arrest. Yeah, I mean they're just taking Aaron a little Rogers bit. Aaron Rodgers was saying that too. Yeah, I know if you just want to talk about big sports figures, Aaron Rodgers is fed up with this. I mean, I mean the base the baseball players, so they they want to play, but they don't want to take a ninety percent pay cut. Yeah, I think that a lot of players at this point. You know, some of them might be concerned about the money and the pay cut. But I mean, it's already it's already the uh, almost half or about a fourth through, through the season. So like, they're honestly just they're probably thinking, uh, if I'm not going to get paid all, I, I might just let's just sit out the season because we're already this far in. Yeah, at this point, you'd have to either shorten the season, especially for MLB, or I mean, what they were they sounded all on board with the idea of playing with these. Um, um, I mean, this has been multiple uh, compromised multiple, divisions, and yeah, this has been multiple, uh, multiple uh, uh, pr- proposments uh, per se. But uh, yeah, this is definitely perhaps probably the you know uh, the last dance broke uh, the documentaries record for like most watched and most seen. That does not surprise me. Do you want to do you know what do you want the the documentary that uh, it was uh, that it passed? It was a documentary that came out in 2019 as well. Or 2020. 2020. Which one? Tiger King, Joe Exotic. <laughs> that set the record. And then they set it here. The Last Dance set it way up there. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, 10-hour documentary. Uh, honestly, one of the... Probably the best documentary ever assembled. I'm surprised it took this long to make them... To well, make they were originally going to... They've they've been sitting on this footage for like three three years. I was watching a uh, Scott Van Pelt after the final episode of yesterday. He had uh, uh, Michael Wilbon on, Jackie McMullen. Uh, he had uh, the Jason, the the creator, director, uh, Jason. Jason. I'm blanking on the last name. Shoot. Um. I'm blanking on the last name. Oh, it's like a floor or something like that. I see the Packers coach Matt Lafleur. No, no. Oh, it's uh, it's here, Jason Heher. Heher. Yeah, that, that's uh, that's what I was. Yeah, he he was on saying that they had this footage for like two to three years before, and they were originally going to release it in June, but they moved it up to what was it? What they sorry, April nineteenth. April nineteenth. It's not saying March or something. It's about April. Yeah. No, they moved it up for good purposes, and glad that we at least had something to watch. Yeah, but- what are you going to do on your Sundays now? No last dance, no football. What are you going to do? No Sunday night um, baseball? Yeah. Um, nothing really to do except hope that sports can come back. I don't really care if there's no fans at this point. I've been hearing that the NFL is trying to get, um, like, they'd have stadiums with, like, 20,000 people, and then NBA would have, like, 20% capacity for I mean, arenas. I'm, I'm seeing stuff in Florida, like, I mean – Florida, Florida, Texas, those states are fully open right now, or mostly open right now. And they haven't even experienced any huge breakouts since. Yeah, so this is a huge sign to all states that, like, we can come back. It's not – it's going to be safe enough. Yeah, so I don't know. Uh, I remember to call that for the episode. Uh, Pat, uh, it was a great uh, great final MJ Monday, and we actually did it on a Monday this time. Yes, we did. So, yeah. Uh, any, any last thoughts about this, the documentary, Pat? Great documentary. I'm excited to see um, if they come up with another one, whether it be the Shaq and Kobe Lakers, the Spurs, um, the Heat, the Warriors, you know, 
any other and then any other sports that they come up with. Um, I'd love to see a documentary on I'd love them. To see one of the 2016 Chicago Cubs. Yeah, yes, they got to make one of the Chicago Cubs. Um, although I think you got to wait a little longer. That's yeah, you got to wait at least like ten years, I'd say, because they waited like twenty years for this. But um, yeah, great documentary, and I'm excited to see. Um, I'm ready for sports to come back, and yeah, can't can't wait. All right, uh, from uh, final words here. Uh, we did. Uh, we are now on Twitter. Go follow at Zoomer Sports Radio. Just our title, and you get all the updates. And uh, I'll be put reloading some of uh, our past uh, podcasts on YouTube again today. I lo- I just uh, updated or uploaded our NFL draft uh, grade podcast or podcast on YouTube. You can go check that out. Just I mean, if you're watching on YouTube or listening on Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcast, uh, just go check it out. Zoomer Sports Radio, just search it up on YouTube. And uh, yeah, thank you guys for watching. Thank you guys for listening. I know uh, I know there was a bunch of technical difficulties with the live stream due to my terrible Wi-Fi. It is so bad. I apologize for that. Uh, it's not my fault. Someone else's fault. Not gonna name names. Uh-huh. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to continuing this podcast. Uh, maybe we'll do something later in the week. But I mean, what are we gonna? This we'll come up with something. You know what? Wednesday, there's a live NASCAR. <laughs> there's a live NASCAR race. We can we can we can uh, break down the NASCAR. Oh, this guy's going fast. This guy's going faster. That guy crashed. Yeah. Oh no! Kevin Harvick won at Darlington at the Flat Real, Hero, Real Heroes 400. Uh, he uh, first win uh, back at NASCAR. We you know Kevin Harvick's one of the best. One of the most well-known na- names in NASCAR. So uh, racing fans, I'm sure, are excited. Golf fans, I'm sure, because golf resumes in about three weeks, I believe. But baseball, we don't know when that's going to resume. NBA, Adam Silver said two to four weeks, there will be a statement. Yes. NHL, who knows? Honestly, what I wish they would do is uh, July, March Madness. July Madness. July Madness? Yeah. Yes. Just one of the should do. They should have to draft literally the day after the final, the day after the national championship. So you're saying that the tournament should have been postponed until July? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I would be very interested in that, especially because we wouldn't have to worry about homework, nothing, just sit back and in the summer. Get your, get your Buffalo summer Wild Madness. Wings. Get your Buffalo Wild Wings. Um, just get fat and watch some games. Yeah, so uh, we'll probably be back sometime during the week. Uh, most likely on Spotify, maybe on YouTube. You never know. I mean, Pat, you want to take us home? Thank you so much for tuning in to this MJ Monday series. We will definitely keep you posted with some more great videos, hopefully when sports return. And thank you for tuning in once again. Peace. We'll see you all in the next podcast. Thank you, guys. Cue the music. All you folks what it's all about Now it's time for it to get on the mic And make this motherfucking party hot 
I'm taking it back to the old school, cause I'm an old fool who's so cool. If you wanna get down, I'ma show you the way. Woo. There it is, let me hear you say. Woo. There it is. 